Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, is going full great reset when it comes to hate speech. I do have some questions about this. Uh, the New York mayor, Eric Adams, has gone full Article 58 and now is has to be investigated by the Cheka. Uh, we'll talk about that and what I'm, where I'm going. And Joe Biden keeps making deals with the devil. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hope you had a great night, great afternoon, like yesterday. Welcome back. Okay, you know, yesterday they had a pro-Israeli rally, and it was tens of thousands of people were there. The cameras showed it. It was just people everywhere. Very successful rally. And I noticed some things, especially when you compare it to the pro-Palestinian rally, pro-terrorist rally down the street. Okay, one thing I noticed is a lot of American flags, a lot of Israeli flags. That's one thing I noticed that was different. The other thing I noticed is different. Nobody was burning anything. There were no flags burned, there were no uh, documents burned, there were no police cars burned, nothing was burned. I also noticed no fences were torn down. Everyone was happy. Everyone was cheering. The other thing I noticed, no one was wearing masks. In other words, a lot of places you'll see when the pro-Palestinian marches, they were all wearing masks. Well, they're all wearing masks because they don't want to be identified. Because what they're doing is so hateful that if their bosses see it, they'll probably be fired. Uh, nobody in the pro-Israeli group had to worry about that. Police weren't assaulted. Like I said, police cars weren't burned. Rally down the street, New York, uh, in New York City, actually. It wasn't in Washington, D.C., but in New York City, um, police were being assaulted. Both Democrats and Republicans spoke. It was actually a bipartisan rally. Where am I? What am I coming? What am I coming? Where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is, for some reason, and I can guess as to why, for some reason, whenever there is a pro-American rally anywhere, pro-Western civilization rally, in this case, it was a pro-Israeli rally, which is one of our bases for uh, America. Whenever we have this stuff, it always ends up being peaceful. It always ends up being happy. No one's saying tear something down. No one is burning flags. They're all together. They're all having a good time. There's not a mess when they're finished. And these crowds are always larger. And you can identify anybody at these crowds. Now, yesterday, you had uh, Ron Johnson, the Speaker of the House there. You also had Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader, the Democratic minority leader. He was there. You had Chuck Schumer there. And by next to him was, uh, what's her name, Markowski. She was there. Republicans and Democrats, all together, everyone was happy. And everyone just say, we're going to support Israel. Go USA. American behind the speakers were not just Israeli flags, but American flags. And this, this, comes, this comes to me. See, here's the thing. 
when you deal with leftists, you're dealing with, and, and by the way, when we talk about, when we talk about uh, pro-Palestine, we are talking about leftists like uh, BLM, like Antifa. A lot of those pro-Palestinians, they're not actually Palestinians. They're probably not even Islamic. A lot of them. They're BLM, they're Antifa, they're white school kids, college-educated kids. All right? Here's the problem with all these people. All of them. All they do is want to destroy. That's all they want is to destroy. And they don't want to build anything. They don't want to create. They don't want to innovate. And here's the problem. If you have no purpose and your only reason for existence is to destroy, eventually you do destroy. But what have you gained? You've just made life miserable, not only for yourself, which you were already miserable before, but you're making life miserable for everybody. And that's the problem with leftists. Leftists are very unhappy people. They're very miserable people. And that's something you can, you can see that just by them when you talk to them in the streets. Whenever you have that man walking the streets segments anywhere, Jesse Waters on Fox News does this all the time and it's really interesting to watch. These people, A, don't know what they're talking about. B, when confronted with the realities, they are confused. And they actually don't like what they're they're rooting for. And see, they're just mad. They're miserable. They're terrible. They really don't, I mean, they are. They have no purpose but to destroy. And I'm sorry, that's not a purpose. Especially if you have no idea what you're going to build back after. Okay. So that's just some quick thoughts after watching the, uh, after watching the the rallies yesterday and I didn't really have a lot to say about the rallies. They were it were all good. I was a little surprised to hear Hakeem Jeffries be so pro Israeli. I mean he's really gonna piss off the squad. But anyway it is what it is. Let's get to our dumbass of the day. I gotta tell you I was really conflicted using this clip as a dumbass of the day and not just going with the this gal's insane kind of rant. I, I it, Because the fact is, the problem with Kathy Hochul and what she said, this isn't a dumbass thing. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's probably going to implement something like it. And it is a very scary thing. Where I think she's dumb is when the communists did it, when the Soviet Union did it, when China did it, when Cuba did it, when Venezuela did it, when all of these communist countries actually implemented the type of monitoring that Kathy Hochul wanted, wants to implement, this stuff didn't come out until well after it was implemented. And this broad is too dumb to realize that what she's doing is probably illegal and definitely immoral. But And she just says it. So, and by the way, New York's already kind of doing this, but now she wants to expand it. So let's listen to her talking about implementing uh, basically a surveillance state within her state. 
Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts, what's being said on social media platforms. And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on, on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. So basically what she's talking about is implementing a surveillance state so that she can monitor hate speech. And I don't know what she's trying to monitor here. It makes very little sense. I know the context of the speech was about crime and how they're going to solve crime and violent crime because apparently, well, not apparently, I mean, it's pretty obvious. There's a major crime problem in New York and they know it. And they know they have to deal with it. So they think the best way to deal with it is by surveilling everybody. Now, I have some questions. By the way, this is, again, every time I hear about the Great Reset, or I mention the Great Reset, the first thing we hear is it's a conspiracy theory. Well, I mean, these people are saying exactly what policies the Great Reset needs to implement to work. I'm not exactly sure how you can call something like that, something that they are implementing a conspiracy theory. It's like the Great Replacement Theory. We talked about that yet a couple days ago. Great Replacement Theory is just a theory for white supremacists. Is it? Because it sure seems like a lot of their policies really go right along with the Great Replacement Theory. Yes, maybe bad people came up with the Great Replacement Theory, but that doesn't change the fact that it looks very odd that we're actually implementing some of this stuff. Well, same thing here. I don't want to hear the great the the great reset is a conspiracy theory because well, I mean, besides the fact that Klaus Schwab wrote two books about it tells me that it's probably not a, a theory and the fact that uh, a lot of leftist democrats are implementing the same policies based off those two books that Klaus Schwab wrote, tells me it's not a conspiracy theory. But I do have some questions. I do have some questions with what Kathy Hochul wants to do with the surveillance state. And questions that she will not be asked because the media is compliant and she will not debate anybody who questions her. The first is, what is the definition of hate speech exactly? Is it using the N-word? Is it, what is it exactly? And does it apply to everybody? For example, we know with critical race theory, blacks can't be racist. And we're beginning to learn Arabs can't be terrorists. We're learning that in New York too, with this pro-Hamas rallies these people are having. So the question is, where, what is it and who does it apply to? Because it looks like it's not applying to a lot of the people who are actual racists spewing hate speech. We play a lot of that crap on this show. So we do 
show. There's a lot of hate speech, against, especially against straight people white pe- and white people and men. So you'll have to explain that. And who determines what this hate speech is? Because a lot of things that are said are actually opinions. Okay? Black people are stupid. If I said that, and I don't mean they're stupid, I'm using that as an example. Black people are stupid. That's an opinion. That's not a fact. As a matter of fact, that's what a lot of people do when they attack hate speech. Well, that's a personal opinion. And that doesn't really mean anything. Just because you said it doesn't mean it's true. That's the whole problem with hate speech. Well, who determines which opinions are right? Okay, other things. Um, What are you going to do when you find hate speech? And this is a serious question. Well, what we do know is if you're, let's say, the Soviet Union, you put them in prison. You take them behind the La Bianca and you shoot them in the back of the head. In China, you send them to re-education camps, which are concentration camps. In Germany, you send them to you send them to concentration camps, death camps. In Cuba, you shoot them. So, what exactly is your plan when you find this hate speech? What are you planning to do? And is that morally correct? For example, if let's just say they just want to re-educate people, is that actually moral? Re-educating someone's opinion? Maybe you should just let that person have that opinion and let the society take care of them. I got news for you. If someone walks out of their house and they say black people are the stupidest people on earth, guess what? Society will take care of them. You don't have to worry about this individual being successful in life. He will be torn down. It's the same thing if you use the N-word or if you, you use the S-word when you're referring to Hispanics. Or if you use the C word when you're referring to uh, Asians. Society will take care of those people because there's not a lot of room for that stuff. We don't need the government to do it. And finally, why are you looking for it? I mean, seriously, New York has a lot of a real violence problem. They, I would think that maybe hate speech is something you could probably put in the back burner. And I know she was using this monitoring as a a way to actually combat crime. But you know how you can combat crime? Is by putting people in jail. And we already know New York's not doing that. The entire state is not doing that. So maybe surveillance is not really the answer The answer is already in front of you and you're not doing it. And then the other question about implementing a system like this is how much money, time, and people does New York actually have? This is a huge undertaking. This is not something that is going to be cheap. You have to set up surveillance. And and, and where are the boundaries of this surveillance? Is it just outside? Because New York already has cameras outside. You can't walk down the street without being caught. Okay, and actually, come to think of it, most places do. For example, I've got ring doorbells all over my apartment. Well, there's, you know, here's a newsflash. 
I'm part of the surveillance state simply because I need to know who's outside. But but the question is, is this going to go beyond the ring doorbells, maybe inside the house? Does this mean we're going to monitor phone taps? We're going to monitor phones? We're going to monitor smartphones? Is it just monitoring um, social media? And by the way, why, monitoring social media, isn't that something you shouldn't be doing? Isn't, haven't we gotten to the point that with the Twitter files, for example, we realized, yeah, the government shouldn't be doing that? But no, she, she thinks it's okay. And by the way, leftists think it's okay. Guys over at Davos think it's okay. Klaus Schwab thinks it's okay. China's already doing it. They are using China as a model for this. So, well, here's here's another story. This is from the Daily Wire. And you know something? I had mentioned Eric Adams. Now, Eric Adams is not a leftist. He's kind of a moderate Democrat. And he's incompetent. A lot of people don't like Eric Adams because Eric, he's a, a New York City mayor. A lot of people don't like Eric Adams because he doesn't get through. He kind of wish is really wishy-washy. You really don't know where he stands on anything. He's really against crime, but he kind of has issues stopping crime because leftists like crime for some reason and they don't want to put people in prison. Um, So he's kind of wishy-washy in that sense. So we really don't know where he stands on anything. But where the kicker, in other words, here's the thing. He's not a leftist. He's not a conservative. He's kind of in the middle of the road. And I would say as far as mayorships go, he's incompetent. I mean, we knew where de Blasio stood. He was an idiot, okay, but he was also a leftist. So we knew where he stood. We knew why he was doing the policies he was doing. Adams, he's kind of a moderate but he's stuck in a leftist city and he's incompetent. So there, there, there's that. Well, here's the one thing with Adams. Adams doesn't like Joe Biden. He doesn't like Joe Biden's policy on, uh, doesn't like Joe Biden's policy about the border. He bitches and moans about Joe Biden, the federal government, when it comes to illegal aliens crossing and then Abbott sending illegal aliens to New York. He doesn't like that Abbott is sending illegals to New York, but he also realizes, well, if I can't handle 30,000 illegals, how can I handle 200,000 a month, which is what Texas is handling? So he kind of gets it, and he goes after the Biden administration. So what does the Biden administration do? They go after him. So when I had mentioned Article 58 in the Chequas, Article 58 is the law that most Soviet dissenters went against that put them in prison, prison or got them shot. And the Cheka is the old version of the KGB. You can tell I'm reading a new book. All right, so let's go over this story. This is from the Daily Wire. Democratic New York City Mayor Eric Adams was approached by FBI agents earlier this week who confiscated his cell phones as federal investigators probe allegations that the mayor's 2021 campaign conspired with the Turkish government. 
you you would think he was selling them nuclear secrets. Okay, just hold your hats. Adams was confronted by the FBI while walking on the street with his security detail. The New York Times reported the agents proceeded to get into Adams' SUV with the mayor before talk, taking two cell phones and an iPad. The devices were returned to the mayor within days. Two people with knowledge of the seizure told the Times, but it is unclear whether the FBI agent's actions was part of an investigation into corruption allegations. Quote, After learning of the federal investigation, it was discovered that an individual had recently acted improperly. In the spirit of transparency and cooperation, this behavior was immediately and proactively reported to investigators. That's what I mean by the Cheka. That's what they do. The mayor has been and remains committed to cooperating with this matter, Adams' campaign attorney Boyd Johnson said. One Monday night, the FBI approached the mayor after an event the mayor immediately complied with the FBI's request and provided them with electronic devices. The mayor has not been accused of any wrongdoing and continues to cooperate with the investigation. Okay, what is this whole thing about? Essentially, um, Eric Adams got a campaign, accepted a campaign donation from Turkey uh, with, the to- with the amount of $6,000. Okay, that's it. Now, is that bad? Yeah. Is it impeachable? Eh. Is it something everyone does? Yeah. Anyone who believes this doesn't happen with everybody is is insane. Okay. So, is it a bad thing? Should he be censured? Should he be disciplined? If it's true, yes. But we don't even know if he knew about the acceptance. Mind you, it's the campaign that accepted but what this group is doing is exactly what secret police organizations do. They attack him in broad daylight. They attack him in public. I mean, they did it twice. He's walking down the street. They get into his car and they take his iPad and his two phones. And they question him during a, during a campaign or some sort of fundraiser. I mean, they do it in public. This is made to embarrass him. And why are they doing this? Because he has been extremely vocal when it comes to the Biden administration and their handling of the border. He's been extremely vocal about how uh, the border crisis is causing nothing but a disaster in New York City. To the point New York will not survive. And he has called out Joe Biden. He's been the only Democrat to call out Joe Biden, as a matter of fact. And now he's being investigated. What a shock. Now, what the Biden administration, the FBI, and the DOJ are hoping is that Eric Adams learned his lesson, and now he'll shut up about talking about the border. That's what the goal is. This is pure weaponization of the federal government against a state, uh, against a local government. That's all this is. There is no reason to do what the FBI to do what they did. This is not that big great a crime. Okay, well, I'm beginning to like Eric Adams more. When, when the Biden administration doesn't like you, obviously you're doing something right. And by the way, here's what he's complaining about. 
According to Fox Business, the Massachusetts housing facilities braced for maxed out capacity as early as this week. The governor of the, quote, right to shelter, end quote, state is suggesting there are a lot of other places in the United States for in the U.S. for migrants to be sent. Governor, that's great. Yeah, we should let all the illegal aliens into our state. Just don't send them to me. They're not my problem. Governor Maura Healey announced this week that there are 40 to 50 new families arriving in the state every day aww, and seeking to state assistance with housing and the influx of people to Massachusetts, many without a lawful presence in the United States, has pushed a state shelter system close to its 7,500 family limit, according to a report in the Boston Herald. Well, here, oh, 40 to 50 families? Oh, that's 200 people. 40, 50, 40, 50 times four person people per family. That's about 200 people. You can't house 200 people. Here's a news flash for Governor Healy. Texas is getting 200,000 people a month. 200,000. And she's bitching and moaning. Massachusetts has a right to shelter law which entitles migrant families to taxpayer-funded emergency shelters. The Bay, state, the Bay State is the only one in the country with a, state, with a statewide right-to-shelter law, signed into law in 1983 by another idiot, Michael Dukakis. By the way, I added the idiot part. Well, there's part of their problem. They have a right-to-shelter law. Um, here's a newsflash. Housing isn't a right. I'm sorry it's not. Someone has to pay for that housing. And if the government is paying, that means we are paying because the government doesn't have money. They just take money from someone else. Healy, a Democrat, said she hopes the crisis doesn't devolve into homeless people sleeping at Boston's Logan Airport or in emergency rooms. She also suggested other states should consider accepting migrants. Quote, there are a lot of places in the country where people can go once they cross into the United States, end quote, Healy told the local news outlet earlier this week. So it, it appears that illegal aliens are not all loved and embraced by Democrats. There's lots of places to go. They can stay in Texas. They can stay in Arizona. They can stay in... Tennessee. How about Florida? Send a bunch to Florida or Idaho or Montana or South Dakota or North Dakota or Utah or or um, Utah or uh, Wyoming. Send them to all the Republican states. That's where they want them to go. Well, here's some bad news. The illegal aliens are following their families. I'm sure they are. And guess where illegal aliens usually go? To a place you're not going to get sent back over the border. So they go to Los Angeles, they go to San Diego, they go to Boston, they go to New York because they know they won't be arrested once they get caught. So there's that. But it's amazing. They lo- it, it's, always, it's always the same thing. They get the minimum number of people. They get a small number of people and then they start bitching that the whole world's going to end. Well, if I were Mar- Mara Healy or if I were a voter in Boston, I'd get rid of Mara Healy right off the bat, but I would sit there and get rid of that law and start jumping on Joe Biden to stop the border crisis. 
Because here's the one thing in that entire article. Do you know what she didn't say? Joe Biden needs to close the border. She never said that. She never blamed. The good news with her, she didn't blame anybody. She just said, well, there are other places to go. Yeah, well, that's not a problem. Okay, let's take a look at this next story. You know, this, this kind of amazes me at just how dumb Joe Biden is. I can't tell whether Joe Biden is just dumb or he's just completely compromised. Uh, chances are it's a little bit of both. But he keeps making deals with absolutely terrible human beings. And you know that Joe Biden is going to follow through on his deals because that's what the United States does. Now, I'm, I, if Joe Biden doesn't follow through on the ideas, I'm, I'm fine with it. But I just don't understand what the point of this is. So, according to Fox News again, yeah, we're doing a lot of Fox News today. Uh, President Biden is set to strike a deal with China that would limit the use of artificial intelligence in nuclear weapons. Biden is to meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping on Wednesday at the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, APEC, summit in San Francisco, where the two leaders are expected to sign an agreement to limit AI's use in military applications, according to a report from Business Insider. According to the report, Biden and Xi will agree to limit AI use in the systems that control and deploy nuclear weapons, as well as the technologies used in autonomous weapon systems, such as drones. Now, I don't have a problem with this. I really don't have a problem. I think AI should be limited on its use. And I would love the United States to limit its use because I've already said the biggest issue with AI the biggest danger with AI is its level of access to certain systems. So I do agree with this. Here's the thing. Why are you making a deal like this with China? Because China's not going to do this. It's just, why are you even bothering making any deal with China? Let's just call it what it is. First off, why is China even being allowed in the country? But let's just call it what it is. And okay, yeah, we have AI. You're going to do whatever you're going to do. And we can make all the deals we want. It's kind of like Iran and the nuclear deal. You can make all the deal you want and you can give them the world, but all they're, they're going to do whatever they want anyway. Same with China. Just don't make the deal. Just don't make the deal. It's just, it's a waste of time. And, and even if you want to do what you want to do, that's great. But don't try and fog the people into believing China is going to follow this deal. They have not followed one treaty, deal, anything, discussion, anything. They haven't followed through once at all, ever. So why bother? For me, this is a no news story. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, I do agree. I, I, it would be great if they could have a deal on this. I think it would be a great idea, but they're, they're not going to. Speaking of idiocy, here's Joe Biden doing something really dumb. And again, this isn't even Joe Biden. You got to remember, we live in a bureaucracy. This, this country is nothing but bureaucracies. One bureaucracy over another. And then Joe Biden just approves what the bureaucracy says. Well, the bureaucracy came up with another phenomenal idea. 
So this again from Fox News, a wide range of livestock and agriculture industry groups, in addition to state and local governments, are opposing a Biden administration plan to release grizzly bears in a Washington forest area located near rural communities. The group, which includes the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, Public Lands Council, and the American Farm Bureau Federation argue in in comments filed with the federal government this week that releasing grizzly bears near communities would be detrimental to their members in their region. They also said such a move would threaten public safety and jeopardize future conservation efforts. Um, This is absolutely true. I cannot believe they're actually doing this. First off, there's a reason there are no grizzly bears in Washington state, or at least they're way up. They're hidden in Washington state because one, the land's really not made for them. Two, they were chased off because they were causing so much damage. Okay, so let's continue here. Bah, bah, bah. Introdu- quote, introducing an apex predator like a grizzly bear to a new area of Washington state is a mistake poses a huge threat to our rural communities and hardworking farmers and ranchers. Mark Isle, a Wyoming rancher and incoming NCBA president, this plan is being pushed by bureaucrats thousands of miles away from the West who do not fully understand the harm this species will cause the producers. The Biden administration should listen to the rural residents and rethink this plan. And it's true. Here's the other issue with this. Um, with that animal gone, other animals flourished. Okay, so you're talking about smaller animals, animals that could not compete with a grizzly bear. They were able to survive. Now you're going to start sticking these animals into that. Guess what? Now in in the future, you're going to be sitting there and bitching that the ring-tailed flying squirrel or some crap is suddenly going extinct because all the freaking bears are eating them. Leave everything alone. Let nature handle it. And here's the other problem with this. No one talks about. It is illegal to shoot a grizzly bear. So if let's just say you're in a you're on a farm, you're on a farm with cattle, and a grizzly bear decides to steal one of your cattle, you can't just go out and shoot that grizzly bear. And if that grizzly bear is threatening a human being, you've got to prove that that grizzly bear was actually threatening a human being. It's it's asinine. So this is what the government wants to do. The article continues saying what the government thought. In late September, the National Park Service and Fish and Wildlife Service proposed a rule to draft environmental impact statement opening the door to releasing grizzly bears in the North Cascades National Park located in northern Washington along the U.S.-Canada border. The proposal was cheered by left-wing echo groups but heavily criticized by local lawmakers and residents. This is the problem when you have the federal government making decisions like this. The federal bureaucracies are all in Washington, D.C. They're all in Virginia. They're all in Rhode Island, right? They're, they're, they're nowhere near where they're doing this. If a local official is sitting back, and by the way, Washington's a pretty liberal state. Well, these, these parts might not be, but they're pretty liberal state. Um, if they're saying, are you nuts? You can't do that. You should really probably listen to the local group and not worry about the echo 
about the echo groups that are also nowhere near the area. Under the proposal, the federal government would release up to seven grizzly bears annually into the Cascades ecosystem over the course of the next five to ten years. The federal government's overarching goal would be to establish a grizzly population of roughly 200 bears in the coming decades. The federal plan released in September includes three options. Two would involve actively restoring populations of the threatened grizzly bear species and one no-action alternative that would maintain the current management practices. Uh, the public, the public mo- comment period has ended. Here's the thing. Um, what do these leftist groups actually really want to do? Get rid of human beings. They want to destroy society. They don't want human beings. We should all be living in tents, right? The animals should roam free because they are fantastic and we are miserable. Yeah, um, this is just another example of that. And what's going to end up happening, they're going to dump some bears in there and eventually farmers are going, you're going to hear one of three stories. A farmer or somebody is killed by a bear. That's one. The second story is a bear was shot by a farmer and killed and now he's facing felony charges and 20 years in prison because that's what they do. Or three, another species of animal is going to go extinct because the bears are now eating them. The best thing man can do when it comes to the way nature is running is let nature run. Let the grizzly bears go. There are plenty of grizzly bears. Go to Alaska. There are grizzly bears coming out our butts. You see them. They are everywhere. They're like freaking rats. They're everywhere. They're, hey, in Montana, in Wyoming, in the Dakotas, in Idaho, lots of grizzly bears. They keep saying they're a threatened species. They're not a threatened species. There are a lot of grizzly bears. They're just, you don't see them all the time, which is a good thing. It's like the polar bear thing. Oh, there are no polar bears. There are plenty of polar bears. They're not threatened. Leave them alone. They're going to be fine. But humans aren't important. It's always it's always nature. That's all that's important. Okay, well, here's a here's a catch twenty two. And, and this is something this is something I, I, I read about. I thought hey, figures. According to Fox News, a twenty one year old TikTok influencer uh, bought her first home mortgage free then was blasted by negative comments for posting about her success. People were saying that I was bragging, showing off, Kaitlee Bailey told Fox News. The hate just got worse and worse and worse to the point where I felt guilty for doing such a big accomplishment within my life. I want to feel secure in my life, to have that security, the UK-based content creator continued. I did such a big thing and people still decided that they wanted to bring me down. Bailey posted a TikTok video on April 7th declaring that she had bought her first home. It showed her clapping and jumping with a fake champagne bottle that blasted confetti. It included a caption that read, Biggest achievement of my life. Here's to the next chapter. Okay, first things first. um, You don't need to post everything on social media. 
This is something I have been preaching, even on this podcast, on my Twitter, everywhere. I have been preaching this. You do not need to post your entire life on TikTok. It's on any social media. Let it go. It's, and I, I say, I say this to my kids. I say this to my stepkids. Stop posting selfies of yourself on TikTok. Nobody cares. And as a matter of fact, no one's going to compliment. The only time that happens, the only thing that happens on social media when someone is commenting, they rarely add to your point. They're usually being critical because that's the way people are. That's definitely the way social media is. People are critical. And the last thing people are going to be is happy for you, especially if you're successful. So basically, the video has garnered 4 million views and thousands of comments. Some celebrated Bailey's success. I guarantee you that some was a very small number. But others said the young TikToker was bragging as some struggled to make ends meet. It's so upsetting seeing this, one TikTok user commented. Like paramedics who save lives 12 hours a day, five five to seven days a week, and still can't afford heating. Another wrote, I can't even afford to buy myself dairy milk, a dairy milk bar from a co-op. So you see what it is? It's jealousy. Again, jealous. Well, good for her. She bought a house. She, I mean, that's that should be, that should be the goal of anybody to own a house. She owns a house. She bought a house. Good for her. But no one can be happy for her, because that's the way our society is. These young people today, the ones that actually, if I'm following her on social media, which I don't, and which I, I typically don't follow influencers like that, unless they're teaching me something. If I'm following her, congratulations. But no, she's being followed. Her target audience is people who are going to be jealous of her success. And the problem is, her success, she basically has to hide from these people. Because one of the reasons she met her success was showing these people her entire life, which you've got to assume is her entire life includes buying a house. You see the double-edged sword there? Oh, I got to show these people my entire life, but sometimes you're going to be jealous of some of the things I'm doing in my life. And that's exactly what happened. Here's, here's a newsflash. I, you want to be a TikTok influencer, be a, be a smart TikTok influencer. Just don't tell everyone everything. They don't need to have, they don't need, just assume right off the bat, they're not going to like some things that they see. Just assume it. Just assume I buy a house. What are these 18-year-olds going to think when they see I bought a house and I'm celebrating I bought a house? Just assume it's not going to be good. Well, I hope you guys have a great day. God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.